Culture and Psychology with Tabana. Warm hello to our Radio Bamdad listeners. Today I'm sitting with Dr. Alexandrati and myself. Uh, Dr. Rockers is not with us. And um, as yesterday, we talked about disappointment and ways to overcome the disappointment and move on. Um, I was sharing with Dr. Andrade that um, Dr. Rockers and I yesterday talked about that in his absence. And we are going to continue the same conversation because I'm sure Dr. Andrade has a lot of good points uh, about disappointment and how to get rid of disappointment. Welcome, Dr. Andrade, again to our program. Yes, thank you, Dr. Malakabzali. I got to start with saying I'm disappointed I wasn't here with you guys yesterday. And so uh, disappointment can kind of come in all kinds of forms. Uh, Yeah, this is a great topic. And I, I feel like the tricky piece maybe to it is is kind of keeping on track. And I, I don't know if we need to necessarily, but I feel like disappointment can manifest in so many different ways. I feel like we can be disappointed within ourselves, disappointed within our abilities, disappointment with an outcome, uh, disappointed in others. Um, in thinking just about disappointment, it can sometimes feel like we are constantly dealing with and trying to manage the disappointment in our life. And so, yeah, I think this is a great, but potentially broad kind of topic. Uh, I I think I I always try to, and and I I try to model this after you, I always try to look at the positive side of things too. And I think that's just even thinking of a starting point in this conversation. I think as people, we can sometimes be very quick at looking at the disappointment that we've maybe experienced in our life, as well as even the disappointment kind of coming up. I think it's harder sometimes to look at the accomplishments or the successes or the achievements that we're, we're striving towards. Uh, I, I think it's something that we can inadvertently highlight in our life and our experience. And so I think it can be by even just acknowledging you know, what our relation is to disappointment, how it kind of manifests for us that we can say, okay, is it just all disappointment or is it kind of a combination of the two? Uh, very good point, Dr. Andrade. Um, you know, before we continue, it might become, it is completely off subject. But I always want to uh, correct your uh, name because I know you're Alex Jr., do you always want, even when um, people call you Alex Jr. or just Alex? Oh, great question. Yeah, usually it's just Alex. And so, uh, yeah, I know when like in written form, I usually have my middle initial and the junior at the end. But uh, yeah, it's uh, typically just Alex. And so, no, I, I appreciate you asking. Yeah, I, And I don't get disappointed if you don't. So, okay, that's going to be the joke all, <laughs> all show, the things that disappoint. Okay. Yeah. Well, you started really well with uh, being disappointed that yesterday you couldn't be with us. So it's interesting because as you said that in my head, I was just thinking disappointed could be as little as that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it could be bigger, obviously, when it comes to bigger goals and your future. But as you mentioned, sometimes when it, I personally do that to overcome, immediately I start to count my blessings. Mm. So for example, I I start from just simple things and I go, 
gosh, you shouldn't be disappointed of anything. You have so many things you have to be thankful for. And it helps me a lot, you know, but I just want for our listeners to know that disappointment or depression or not feeling good, feeling blues, all of that is a natural part of being a human being because we go over these emotions all the time. Something doesn't work, we get disappointed. You're driving and you have a flat tire. How disappointing is that? You know, you're late to work and all of a sudden you realize that your car is not working. There's so many things that makes us disappointed. Disappointing, um, disappointment is to me part of also getting angry, you know, getting upset. So we need to understand these emotions and be able to overcome and look at your defense mechanism. Each person um, faced with different things in life differently. How would you um, work with disappointment not to build upon it and make it even worse? That's a, a, you know, I love those points that you brought up. Uh, even with the flat tire, that's a great example. I, I constantly remind people, nobody ever plans to have a flat tire. But at the same time, it can be one of those things that ends up ruining our day and our experience. Yet we know it's bound to happen at some point. So of course, we're going to be annoyed and going to be frustrated, even disappointed. But where is that line where we end up feeling as though it just completely ruins everything? And, and that disappointment, I guess, kind of expands where, oh, everything goes wrong with me. And oh, I have to deal with this now. These little uh, disappointments, I think, can sometimes be magnified, sometimes way more than we even intend them to be. And so, again, I think it goes to that perception sometimes if we're constantly feeling as though bad things are happening, everything's a headache, everything is stressful, those little disappointments that we have can end up feeling so humongous. And then it starts to feel like that's what our life is. I, I always think of even the word disappointment. It can be, I jokingly used it. But I think it can be one of those things where it can be minimal, yet again, can accumulate. I think of that, that phrase, you know, death by a thousand cuts, when we say, you know, that we're experiencing all of these disappointments or, you know, all of these challenges. And if we continue to build it up as everything is upsetting or disappointing or frustrating, then before we realize it, even those good or positive things that are happening they don't really give, they're not given weight. They're not given value. Instead, we're just looking at all the difficulties and challenges. And that's not to minimize the disappointments and the frustrations that we have. But I always want to ask that question. I always encourage asking that question. How do we want to be in our life? How do we want to experience our life? If we're just feeling like disappointment is our life, then we're probably going to see every little thing that happens is just continued proof of that versus these everyday life stressors. You get a flat tire. It's annoying. It's frustrating. Yeah, it's money you never want to spend. It's time you don't ever want to have to, but that's what's happening in that moment. So let's deal with it, address it, be annoyed, tell people, oh yeah, I got a flat tire. I'm sorry, I'm running late. And then we can move on versus holding on to that and amplifying it way more than we mean to. Yeah. And uh, even as little as this may sound funny, but I remember at one point I was in line to get to in and out. Mm. And um, at that time, it was the fastest, best thing to, to really have. Mm. Um, so 
we were waiting in line for a long time. You know how sometimes like those lines are always long in and out burger. Yeah. <laughs> order. I do my order and I look and I see that I don't have my wallet with me. <laughs> how disappointing is that? Oh, you wow. already are salivating for the food. <laughs> you already are hungry and you're just looking for that you know really tasty nice hamburger to have and you get to the window and you see that you don't have your wallet i mean yeah. sounds funny but i mean disappointment can be as little as that and yeah. you can make either fun of it mm. uh, and it's like my example yeah or you can build upon it and you can just say you know what this is my luck. This is my day. I can never get what I want. Or this is how things happen to me. But you can laugh at it. You know, yeah. I got at the window and I started laughing. The guy, I said, I'm so sorry. I don't mm. have my wallet with me. And then mm. the guy was so nice. He says, I wish I could do something. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. anyways, after staying in line, I'm passing. So things happen. Many times I can give examples that things have happened, uh, you get a ticket, you're going mm -hmm. past to go to your appointment, and all of a sudden, a police stops you. That has happened to me. I mean, we have so many examples. But, you know, one thing that helped me, yeah, which I learned through experience was, what can I do about it? Can I change it or not? Mm -hmm. If I can't change it, I live with it. And I just yeah. go, I have to pay the outcome. For example, I remember once I was, um, we had a very, very strict um, professor mm. and in one of the courses I was taking, and if you were late, even two minutes, mm. he wouldn't let you in. He would lock the door and people stay outside, but people gradually learn that, okay, with this professor, there's no way you can be late even a minute. Sure. So I remember I was going really fast to get to my class and a policeman stopped me. And right there I thought, okay, I mean, I can't do anything about it. You know, I can just stand here, cry, or just start really making my life miserable. And then I just live, lived it. And then I went back to school, but I definitely missed that class. And when you miss that class, it was taken off points or, you know, the professor was really getting um, at you that you miss your class, you know, all of that. But then it happened, you know, sometimes things happen and we have to accept. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny too, because when those things happen, I like probably most people I get annoyed I get frustrated too but there's something I try to remind myself I'm like well, you know what maybe that wasn't supposed to happen the way I wanted it to happen maybe I thought I was going to get in and out burger and I waited and all this time and maybe I wasn't supposed to have it for whatever reason and again we don't have to say a higher power or whatever just you know the way that it turns out and so you know I could either be upset about it and be frustrated or I can just uh, you know be like all right I guess I was supposed to eat at home today I don't know I guess we're not eating there uh, and so you, you just you know have to kind of take that as part of your experience part of your day uh, versus kind of being annoyed and frustrated uh, so yeah definitely that same way what I usually say honestly you point something that I always tell myself you know what maybe i had to wait in line otherwise i would have gotten into accident uh -huh. maybe that happened because for
for a good reason. And yeah. that way, whether it's right or wrong, at least you're giving yourself something in place of frustration and anger that keeps you thinking, wow, you get to center by saying that. And I always, even when things really worse than this happens, I always say, well, thank God, at least we had this, this, this in the worst situation. Well, maybe this happened to prevent bigger issues, you know? So that way, I don't know whether it's your uh, defense mechanism, whether it's your learning throughout your childhood, um, whatever it is, it's very, very helpful. So I really want our listeners to find a way to replace that frustration and anger with. Yeah. And similarly, I find if like we're running late and we think everybody's going to be there and everybody's waiting for us and everybody's annoyed or whatever we tell ourselves, I find a lot of times we end up getting somewhere and it's okay. Somebody's like, yeah, you're a few minutes late. You know, I'm sorry. We can own, you know, that behavior. We don't have to make excuses. You know, it's something that we can acknowledge. Okay, this has happened. Now, obviously, it's different. If it becomes a pattern or a habit, then, you know, people can uh, struggle to tolerate that. But again, sometimes these things that we don't anticipate, we don't plan for happen. And if we continue with just those things that we need to do or want to do and, and not carry that over with us, then I find a lot of times it can be okay. Imagine if we're running late and even today, I'm running late to this meeting with us. And I'm annoyed and I'm frustrated. And you're like, what's going on? What are we talking? I don't know. I don't care. Whatever you want to talk about. I mean, then it ends up coloring our experience and our interaction. And then that can start to become me where people are like, oh, yeah, Alex is always annoyed. Alex is always frustrated. And so it's one of those things where I think, like you're saying, for the listeners, you have to be aware of this because we end up carrying those emotions with us. Uh, both internally as well as even externally into our interactions, into our relationships too. Right. And uh, as you mentioned, Alex, we have probably, all of us have experienced being next to someone who is always frustrated, who is not happy, who complains all the time. And the only thing you take from that communication or association is you don't want to be around that person. You try not to get involved. I've had different bosses throughout my work history that sometimes they were that type of person. They had attitude. If anything went wrong, they would get angry. They would get frustrated. And I'm sure they were under pressure themselves. But, um, you know, sometimes we have a saying in our culture and language that says, um, you know, um, however you um, perceive something that happens, you know, so, for example, if someone is always angry, always frustrated, always, you know, thinking that, you know, how do I do this, this is, uh, you know, not right, it just happens to you all the time, even if you try to avoid it, that's how you attract things uh, towards that line of, you know, uh, upsetting or disappointing yeah, definitely. It, it reminds me too, you're we talking about defense mechanisms briefly earlier. And there's the one of displacement. I think it kind of relates to what we're talking about. You know, when we're frustrated or annoyed with something, uh, the idea with displacement is that we put it on a maybe safer or more familiar kind of person or object. Uh, the saying with displacement, uh, displacement a lot of times is the idea of, you know, you come home and you're mad at your boss and you kick the dog or you yell at the dog. And so it's one of those things where I, I always like to remind people that those things that we experience, those disappointments, frustrations, 
it a lot of times could end up coming in places that we don't want it to. I see this happen a lot in families and relationships where we're frustrated with, you know, things going on in our life or things going on at our work. And we end up bringing that to our partner or spouse in ways that we want to. Although defense mechanisms help us maybe in the immediate, uh, sometimes in the long term, they can be kind of damaging or dangerous. So a lot of times, as we've been talking about, it's so important to recognize you know, what those things are that are disappointing, how we're dealing with that disappointment, and kind of trying to move forward. I guess along those lines, uh, one of the things I was wanting to, to kind of bring up too, and maybe we can both share a little bit about how we handle disappointment. I think uh, handling disappointment is one of those things where people are like, oh, yeah, I was disappointed, but, you know, I kind of worked through it and I'm okay. And I think it's one of those things that can feel very vague for people who struggle with handling disappointment. Uh, what thoughts or ideas come up even in just hearing that, like handling disappointment? Okay, so let's just have a break and come back. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد من سعیده ملک افزالی به همراه دوست و همکارم دکتر الکساندر راده امروز در خدمتون هستیم دکتر راکرز که همیشه با ما همنشین هست امروز نتونستن باشن ولی من و دکتر اندراده تا به حال داشتیم راجع به مشکلات مختلفی که خب به هر حال تو زندگی هممون باهاش مواجه هستیم و چطوری باشون کنار بیایم همیشه به هر حال ناامیدی هست همیشه سختی هست همیشه همه چیز به خوبی پیش نمیره چطوری ما میتونیم کمک کنیم به خودمون که بتونیم این مشکلات رو باهاش کنار بیاریم برمیگردیم در خدمتون هستیم با دکتر الکساندران We're back with Dr. Alexandradi. Handling disappointment, I was, as uh, you were talking, I was just thinking, is this our temperament? Is this developmental? Is this learning? Is this um, running into situations in life that brings you different ways of handling things? Um, I can just give an example of my own experiences. I think Um, you know, there's some people that every time they I run into, they always say, you're so calm, you just never complain. And I always say, you know, I wasn't like that. You know, you learn <laughs> with experience that nagging and complaining doesn't get you anywhere, you know, so you have to deal with your situation because I think it's part of growing up because when you're um, or or. I mean, it could be combination of different things. 
we know that genetic DNA, um, environment, all of that is very important. We know how we are raised. We know how our parents, when especially when we are, um, you know, just um, to the, we open our eyes to this world, they behave, we learn and we react towards that. So we know all of this is a combination of who we are, but also we know that life brings so many adventures, so many um, difficulties, so many obstacles, so many good things, uh, you know, on our way. But if we compare ourselves to anyone, which we shouldn't, we have to just realize one thing that everyone goes through those ups and downs. It's not just me or it's not just you. And you learn that later in life when you are more socializing with different people, and especially in our profession, you deal with so many people with so many problems, you realize that money doesn't stop problems of life. You realize that health doesn't stop problems of, of life. Two things that people think is the most important in life. Uh, having a greatest partner doesn't stop obstacles in life. The only thing is, um, you know, it's you. It's how you perceive things, regardless of anything uh, surrounding you or, you know, whatever, you, what point you're at in most successful situation you're in, in most difficult situation you're in, life has to go on. And when we hear that, we deeply don't realize that this is life. And, and you have to accept if it's a straight and there's no ups and down and there's a linear line going um, forward, that's the time that you feel like you must be dead then, you know? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think it's one of those things I think of disappointment as is almost like stress in the sense that it's it's a part of life. Like we're going to have that at some point. Uh, I've had people actually ask me directly, <clears throat> you know, how do I make it where I never have stress in my life again? And I'm like, well, that's that's not something that we can do. We can't erase stress from our life. What we can change, though, I think, is how we we handle it, how we manage that. And so uh, back to that idea of even like, how do we handle disappointment? How do we handle stress? I, I think it's very similar in regards to like what you were saying, there's, there's multiple factors or multiple things that can contribute to how we end up managing those things. I think one of the things that I find most important, as you were kind of alluding to, you know, in our profession, you know, we can, we can see this and we can experience it so often in regards to seeing people struggle, um, even just by coming and talking with us, people can sometimes feel better and get a different perspective. I think we can get really good about seeing the world through our own eyes and creating this narrative about what this means about us, what this means about our life, our worth, uh, our future. And so it's, I find even if we're not seeing a counselor or therapist, even being able to talk to a friend or a family member, a trusted individual who we can kind of come to and be like, yeah, this is what's going on with me. This is what, you know, I went through. This is how I'm kind of seeing it. We tend sometimes to get very narrow and focused just on the challenge, just on the diff difficulty and disappointment, 
versus all those other factors. Sometimes it's amazing too. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this myself. Sometimes I get to this tunnel vision and like, I want this thing to be this certain way, or, you know, I've, I've tried really hard and, you know, I, I tried twice and it should happen already. And then sometimes people are like, you know what, it takes several times before something like that happens, or, you know, you, you can't just get the thing you want. And I think sometimes when we, we want something or we're striving, we get so obsessed with it that we can end up sometimes saying, oh, well, it's supposed to be this way, or it needs to happen. And it's like, well, maybe this is part of my, my story, my journey that I tried two or three times and it didn't work out. And then, you know what, it ended up being this other kind of thing for me. And so it's one of those things where I always kind of say, you know, if we stop trying, we know what the answer is. The answer is, you know, no, the answer is going to, you know, be that there isn't any forward movement or any other options. But if we keep trying and pushing and striving and, and definitely talking with others to get that support and help, even guidance sometimes, that can help us in thinking of the direction we're going, the, the path that we're pursuing versus just feeling as though this is all it is or, or feeling like we're just wasting our time or, or stressing ourselves out too. No, absolutely. Um, but I, um, as I said, I had different people that I've worked with or different bosses. One of my bosses was always very cool. Mm -hmm. Anything that happened, and you know, um, especially when you're dealing with the students and parents, there's so many, you know, you're always on your toes, mm -hmm. you know, because kids are the most important thing to parents and parents usually, uh, they're frantic when something happens, uh, you know, in, in the life of their children, whether it's grade, whether it's fight with another student, so many different things. So anytime I went to my boss for question and, and say, was this happened, this happened? And uh, he goes, oh, okay, let me think about it. And then he just went off. And then now I'm here boiling. How do I deal with this situation? And then he comes back and I go, this was really emergency. And you just left off. And then he was <laughs> Excited. If you had my experience in life, you wouldn't really worry about these things. I said, well, but this is important because these are our customers and they're just, you know, at the door with this situation. And he said, Saida, I had cancer when I was 17 years old and I felt the cancer. And at that time, you just don't know when you get over that nothing then is as important in life. I care. Not that I'm not caring about these things, but I know that sometimes you have to give it time. You have to let uh, the time passes so the parents will come down. Things are uh, just resolved sometimes by itself. At that time, you know, the way he described it, I thought, wow, you know, you can't put yourself into a situation of when someone goes through that at that age, but also... Um, at that time, I thought, wow, you know, he has learned that he shouldn't get let things get into him to really get into his, uh, you know, health, uh, stress, because we know stress is a killer. Stress can give you heart attack, can give you a stroke, can just uh, give you so many um, health issues. Um, and it just builds up throughout the life that you create for yourself. So I always remember what he said. And that was a, a great, you know, at that time, maybe it wasn't my answer because I was a little mm -hmm. frustrated and disappointed. But then later, I always thought that's the way he actually handles things, you know, because that was a um, 
turning point to him in his life. Yeah, and it's interesting too because I, I think we don't even realize sometimes how worked up we can get about things. But then we get so consumed by it, and and it's sometimes having that that different perspective again that can help us to say, oh wait, okay, I'm. I'm feeling like this is the most important thing in the world, or this feels like, you know, this is the only thing going on. Uh, and so it's, it's important again, to have that different perspective. And, and I think it's hard. We, we lose that. I think as people, we end up losing that very quickly. Our life consumes us. Those things that we're going through impact us. And so I think it's one of those things where people say, well, I want to be like that all the time, or I want to, you know, always be able to, to, to keep my cool and keep calm. And, and I think it's not always even as, as important to always be that way as it is to try to practice being that way when those challenges come up. So uh, again, I think it's under the umbrella of, you know, acceptance of our emotions, acknowledging that we can get consumed by them, but also reminding ourselves, wait, how do I want to try to approach this? You know, what am I telling myself in this moment? Uh, again, even being able to talk to somebody else, they can be like, oh, wow, you're being really negative or, you know, you're really not looking at the whole picture. You're just kind of focusing on one thing. And so to be able to to get that feedback sometimes can be really helpful because we get, we get lost in those emotions sometimes. Absolutely. We're back with Dr. Alex Andrade, and we continue our last part of our conversation about disappointment and um, issues in life that is not always to our favor and how do we overcome. And this is the last part of our conversation. Dr. Andrade, we um, have captured some of the issues in general. Do you have any specific examples so it's more tangible? So we can um, talk about it. Uh, in, I'm sure anybody in life has uh, issues that was disappointing, but if you can share, so maybe we can talk about that. Yeah, I'm actually glad you asked that. I was just thinking of uh, some some challenges and some disappointments that I experienced that in the long run end up bringing me kind of right where I needed to be. And, and I think it's one of those things in the moment, it's so hard to see and so hard to even imagine that this can be kind of a part of that path or part of that journey. And, and, and that doesn't mean it isn't upsetting or, or, or frustrating even, but if we can look sometimes at the bigger picture, I think it allows us to kind of put those experiences in, in its place. And even maybe something that we can learn or grow from, uh, I think, you know, bad things don't have to happen necessarily in order for us to learn from them, but we could either, I think, choose to, and again, the, the choice of that can be a, an ongoing process and, and very difficult, but we can choose to, to, to learn from that, to grow from that and, and, and kind of respect how that played out in a way where we can move forward in our life versus just taking it as proof of the, the difficulty or the disappointment that we've always encountered. Uh, the thing I was specifically thinking about is when I was uh, living in, in Chicago, 
And I was really, really wanting to come back home. Uh, I was trying to, for my internship, which is a part of the uh, doctoral training program, uh, where you, you know, go and do a year of kind of on-site training. Uh, when I was preparing to do that, I was trying to get placement in California. And so for the life of me, I was applying primarily in California. Uh, I applied in even in, in Reno, Nevada. I was trying desperately to get as close as I could to back home. Uh, I was part of me was ready to come home. And so to be able to be close to family again, uh, to be around my nieces and nephews, it was like the number one priority for me at that time. And, it, you know, I applied so many places. I interviewed a few places and, and none of them quite felt right. I even remember having a conversation with my brother about one of the places I interviewed and he asked me, he was like, is that what you want to do? And I was like, well, no, like it'll, it'll bring me closer though. And he's like, but yeah, you don't want to do it. And so it was interesting because as disappointed I was, I would have been in not coming back home. I probably would have been even more disappointed if I pursued something that wasn't really uh, my passion and interesting to me. So it was really challenging. I, I ended up not placing uh, anywhere in California. Um, I actually coincidentally end up finding a place locally in Chicago that, and it was interesting because it was last minute. It, it was so serendipitous how it all happened, but it played out in a way where it was right exactly kind of where I want it to be. It was like 10 minutes from my house at the time. Uh, it was interesting because, you know, a lot of times for those, those internships, a lot of people are trying to get as close to home already. And so I had a lot of classmates who were from that area were striving so hard to get somewhere in Chicago itself. And here I am trying to go across the country and then I end up getting somewhere like down the street. So, you know, my, my disappointment in being so close, uh, you know, kind of mirrored their disappointment in being so far away. Uh, but it wasn't until I kind of went through that experience, that training, uh, all of those things kind of ended up playing out exactly kind of as they needed to. And it just, I mean, it ended up delaying my return back to California, but it was so interesting because now that I've been here for almost five years now, I kind of realized that those things probably had to happen in that way or those, the, the, the series of events that they occurred actually probably worked out a lot better for me. So again, yes, maybe I would have, you know, been back sooner, maybe would have, would have ended up in the same place. I don't know. I can't, I can't spend a lot of time focusing on that path not taken versus the one that did end up kind of playing out in the way that ended up contributing a lot to my knowledge, my experience, uh, as well as even my life to be able to return back in that way. So again, that disappointment, uh, although very real and very present at that time, uh, it's something that I look back now and, and, and it's not at the forefront of that memory. And so like most emotions, you know, these things can kind of come and go. And as, as present and as real as they may be for you, reminding yourself, you know, this may not be, you know, the, the path that was meant to be for me. Maybe there's another way that the story is supposed to unfold. Yeah. Um, I just, as you were talking, I was just thinking culture could be a contributor to how we react as well. Mm -hmm. um, because I know we, see things differently from different cultures mm -hmm. and then in some cultures uh, there's so much um, spirituality or um, you know a not materialistic way of looking at things and more um, you know you 
pay attention to your behavior at any time, how um, you know you properly behave towards anything that happens socially or even um, personally at home. And I was just thinking culture must be a big contributor to the way we behave. What do you think? Oh, definitely. And just thinking of uh, uh, kind of the short story I shared, I think it was I mean, in my family, there's a real sense of being close, kind of uh, being able to, to, you know, physically being close, um, being able to spend time together. And so that was something that I probably didn't recognize or, or, or value as much as I did when I lived here because it was, it was normal in that way. So it wasn't until I was away that I realized like how important that was. And I think it was definitely a huge contributor to me wanting to return at that point, as well as even now uh, having worked so hard to, to kind of be back. So yeah, I think definitely it can influence us. Uh, family, uh, kind of some of those traditions, uh, those are all things I think that can definitely play into to how we view that. Yeah, I mean, I can see that even um, the culture within culture, some families um, we have seen even in the same culture, the different ways of behaving and reacting. It's just the culture that you grasp while you're growing up. And I was just thinking about the emic and ethic, um, ethic and emic in, in our world that Ethic is culturally universal. When we, uh, as psychologists, see the uh, psychological issues overall um, as separate from culture, but they're also emic that they see any psychologists who see um, people as people, as the way they have been raised or grew up and see even psychological issues. So there's always two ways of looking at things or many ways of looking at things. And even in our world, we have therapists that uh, they specifically focus on culture. I know in our um, you know, uh, trio, we always talk about culture because culture is a big part of each human being. Uh, and I definitely am one of the ones that I feel uh, culture is important as, um, you know, part of dealing with a person. Yeah, I think you get to learn so much about that person's kind of values, the expectations, even goals sometimes when you're open to hearing what's important to them and, and what's emphasized within their culture. I, I think if we... I think a lot of times, you know, we can't remove, I would say we're social creatures. And I think along those lines, we can't remove people from society. We can't remove people from, you know, culture. It's, it's just the reality in that way. It reminds me, I was, I was talking to a patient recently and he said, uh, which, you know, I think we, we've all had this question, you know, if you didn't have to worry about money or work and you can do whatever you want, what would you do? And it was funny, I, I realized in, in hearing that question, I was like, you know what, Every most everybody has to worry about money. Like, it's like, you, you can't remove something that is just so ingrained in, in everybody's reality in that way. Yes, there are some people who don't have to think about money and, and worry about it. Uh, I, and I think, you know, I appreciate the question in regards to it allows us to try to focus on what's important to us and what's valuable to us uh, as we remove those things. 
But I was like, we, we can't remove that. And it's like culture in that way. We can't remove it and say, oh, well, I'll just look at the individual and not their culture. It's like, well, no, you're, you're missing a huge part of that person's reality. So I think it's one of those things where it's a great question to ask. You know, if you didn't have to worry about money, what would you do? But I think a more realistic is, okay, well, you got to worry about money. And, you know, it's something that you need, but then also, what do you want to do? And so, and thinking about how that relates to culture, you know, try to see the individual and try to see the culture, because I think that's what most people are. It's this, this kind of connection of both. I think people within any culture are not just all of their culture, uh, but they're not just all an individual either. It's kind of a a mix. And I think even factors like generational wise uh, can contribute to kind of that percentage, if you will. Um, and it's different for everybody. So we can't just say, oh, this person of this culture or this age group or, you know, this socioeconomic status. I mean, all of those things end up influencing and contributing to a person's experience, identity, uh, and just what they encounter in life. Yeah, and even traveling, you know, when you travel around the world, you just learn so much, your perspective perspective um, becomes more worldview type of perspective than just looking at one direction because there are times that you are on a different country that you realize time is not really an issue or how much you're waiting the person behind the counter doesn't really see the effect on, you know, the next things that you need to do. I mean, so many things you run into that you realize that Okay, I have to accept this is this is their culture. At this point, I'm at this situation. So I have to understand rather than, again, back to disappointment, getting angry and worrying and all of that. Uh, so flexibility, I think, and understanding um, where the situation um, is about. I think it's uh, the factors that are very important how we react towards it and how we judge because a lot of times is our judgment, how we judge the situation um, and then how much we build in our, you know, wrongly, um, the judgment that wrongly we created in our head and how much that contributes to how we feel and how we react. Uh, definitely. Uh, it's something I encourage all the time, the idea of openness and flexibility. I think those are so essential in how we, especially how we manage disappointment. If we, again, going back to the idea, if we just say, oh, this is what always happens, uh, you know, it never turns out this way. If we think about it, those, even those words, they're not very flexible. They're, they're extremes. Always and never are extremes. And, and think about it. Nothing always happens. You know, we're like, oh, this always happens to me. Really? Always? Every single time? Or, oh, this never happens. It's like, no, tends not to be the case. It can feel like this is what we're experiencing a lot or dealing with more often than not. But always and never, I always encourage those. Those are key words to recognize we're probably being very judgmental, very critical, very harsh of ourself, our experience. And so we're not being very open. We're not being flexible. And so, yeah, I I think those things are so essential, so important. I'm glad you mentioned the uh, word always and never, (laughs) because many people use that unconsciously. And when they want to exaggerate or they're angry or they're reactive, they use it. But how beautiful it is whenever even we uh, mistakenly say that word, remind ourselves that 
why did I say that? And this happened only maybe once or twice. Why did I say you always do this? Or, or I always, you know, run into this situation. I always, you know, as you said, there's no always, there's no never. How could we be determined when we say these words? You know, it's really important. And that tells you that, okay, if you're flexible, if you're understanding you know, you become more precise or you try to be like you can, I can just say, you know, Alex, you said that two other times or, or in my um, memory, I've heard that from you two, three times. Can you explain, you know, rather than, oh, Alex, you always say that. Tell me, what is it about this issue that you always react this way? I think yeah. it's very important in our world. We realize, you know, things that gets back to our own behavior and start from there. Say, how many times I use this or how many times I said this, which is not really accurate. And, and again, I think it goes back to disappointment, you know, that, that disappointment can overshadow those accomplishments, accomplishments, those successes we have, the strengths we have. Instead, it feels like, you know, this is the the biggest hurdle, the most challenging thing, uh, you know, the thing that defines us. Where, yeah, it can be very meaningful, very important, but it's it's part of that that the, the challenge that we have for ourselves right now. And so, being able to see it as such, I think sometimes it can help with managing those emotions around it, which can cloud. Our, our energy, our, our, our motivation, our drive, if we're telling ourselves it's so hard, it's so difficult, we'll never do it, then it's going to feel like it just, you know, that in and of itself is hard enough to deal with, let alone the thing that we're actually striving towards. With that, I want to uh, have a short break and come back to finalize our conversation. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد امروز من به همراه دوست و همکارم دکتر الکساندراده از مؤسسه توانا در خدمتون هستیم و امروز صحبتمون در مورد مسائل مختلفی که تو زندگی هممون به عنوان یه انسان پیش میاد ما چجوری باهاش مواجه میشیم و چجوری میتونیم سعی کنیم رفتارمون رو و عکس العملهامون رو یه مقداری تعدیل بکنیم در جواب مسائلی که برامون پیش میاد برمیگردیم و صحبتامون رو به آخر میرسونیم و با ما باشیم back with Dr. Andrade and uh, we continue uh, actually complete our conversation or maybe sum up our conversation about uh, 
disappointment? How do we deal in life with obstacles and so many things that comes on our way? Yeah, in regards to kind of a last thoughts or a message to the listeners, what I'd encourage is really recognize, you know, in that disappointment, what you're experiencing, how you're feeling, not in a way that is congruent with all the other challenges, all the other difficulties you've had, but try to look at that as a singular experience and say, you know, what is this right now? What does this say about those next steps that I want to take? Because sometimes that can inform us in regards to how we continue to strive and push towards that. Or sometimes do we need to kind of, uh, you know, pursue a different path or, you know, get some support or some resources for ourselves. Uh, it's hard because sometimes we can get very tunnel vision. We, we want what we want when we want it. Uh, but sometimes we have to look at that disappointment, not as a truth or a fact about us, our experience, but just information, whether it's going to be something that fuels us to keep pushing forward, or if it's something that allows us to say, let's try to tackle this in another way. Well, thank you, Dr. Andrade. And I want to say just, uh, you know, look at things in a bigger scope and, and don't just focus on one little thing. It's hard sometimes when you hear it, you, you would say, if you were in my place, how would you do that? This happened, this happened. We understand that and we are human beings. We run into many little things or big things as well. But the only thing we are trying to uh, encourage our listeners to do is think twice, count your blessing and don't react so quickly. Try to get to the habit of, uh, you know, taking it each at a time, like, well, let's see what is happening at this point. What can I do? If you can't do anything about it, you better just uh, accept it and let it go. If you can't do something about it, then look at what the steps you need to take. Just be logical, try to uh, control your emotions by just always telling yourself, is this a behavior I like to see from others around me? Is this a behavior I like to know by by people around me or my friends i want to be wise i want to be you know just um, a balanced person in life and by telling yourself that you try to create steps towards it and with that i want to thank uh, my colleague and my friend dr alexandradi today and we come back next week to continue our conversation about some current issues some psychological issues and we wish you a wonderful week um, forward. Pass as in Zari Makon, Abasayari Makon, Toyna Kan, Deladivane. باغم دیرین به مزار سینا به خوابارا دل دیوانه
تو باز آمدم از سر کوی او دل دیوانه پنهان کردم در خاکستر غم آن همه آرزو دل دیوانه بگویم با من ای دل چه ها کردی تو مرا با عشق او آشنا کردی پس از این زاری مکن حوث یاری مکن تو ای ناکام دل دیوانه با غم دیرینم به مزار سینم خبر دل دیوانه با تو رفتم بی تو باز آمدم از سر کوی او دل دیوانه پنهان کردم در خاکستر غم آن همه آرزو دل دیوانه بگویم با من ای دل چه ها کردی تو مرا با عشق او آشنا کردی پس از این زاری مکن حوث یاری مکن تو ای ناکام دل دیوانه با غم دیرینم به مزار سینم بخوابارم دل دیوانه بخوابارم دل دیوانه رادیو بامداد صدای ما و شما با زبانی آشنا